Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another podcast episode of Seeds to Serve. This is Chi Angus, Chi Mian, and Chi Catherine. All right. So today we are going to be talking about the gospel lesson for this week, and Chi Catherine is going to do a quick summary of it. Mm-hmm. So this gospel is Jesus calling the fishers of men. So after John was arrested, then Jesus went around Galilee proclaiming the gospel, which was. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So eventually, he went past the Sea of Galilee and saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets to catch fish because they were fishermen. But then when Jesus saw them, he said, Come after me and I will make you fishers of men. And then when they heard this, they just abandoned everything abandoned their nets, their boats, and followed Jesus. As Jesus walked along the Sea of Galilee a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were also in a boat, tending to their nets. And Jesus also called them, and they too left their father in the boat, along with the other fishermen, and just decided to quit their jobs and follow Jesus. So all these four people just left all their lives that they once knew to follow Jesus. Awesome. Yeah, so this is a great and also kind of difficult reading to think about. Kimia, do you want to tell us what your first impressions of this was? Well, I mean, the Fishers of Men gospel story is like pretty famous, right? Like it's always that one quote in like writing like "Ooh, jesus called us all to be fishers of men but i think my first impression hearing about fishing is catfishing like the dating scene of girls would like put on insane amounts of makeup post their really pretty pictures online and catfish guys into dating them so in this sense if we're catfishing what's our bait (laughs) Yeah, definitely a weird, weird take. (laughs) 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 Definitely, because, like, whenever I think of catfishing, I think of something, like, super negative. uh, Because, like, in reality, they're not what they seem to be. Like, in the photo, they're actually, like, really ugly or, like, unattractive in all possible ways. So, like, it's catfishing because it's all fake. Yeah, like, their looks is, like, the bait. And then, like, behind it all, like, their personality sucks or, like behind the layers and layers of like the catfishing and like trying to get different guys or attract different people behind all that it seems like not a good person's underneath all that for sure (laughs) but but jokes aside I think for me this gospel reading has been something to really think about or at least for me like just just from an outside logical perspective like who in the world would just quit their job and just follow some random dude that's like yo come follow me it's like i okay i'm just gonna quit my day job and like go hang out it just seems so absurd to me and so how did the disciples just have the faith to suddenly just let go of everything and follow christ and how did they trust that he would provide for them so easily where does that strong trust come from i like cheap man was also you know just When I read this gospel, I just thought, oh, this is so easy. We already know this. We've already heard this so many times. But then when she and just asked that question of like, how did they have so much faith to just 
give up everything in their lives. And part of me, like, yeah, we can all say that we would do that. But would we? Like, would we really leave our parents, leave all of, like, our education and everything that we've been blessed with to just follow this stranger, per se? And I didn't really know, so I watched the gospel reflection that comes with the USCCB site, and they were saying how the disciples might not have trusted in Jesus all that much either, and maybe they were attracted by that earthly kingdom that Jesus was proclaiming, the kingdom of God, and maybe they were just looking for some golden treasures Or since they were sinners, then Jesus's proclamation of repentance and being forgiven might have attracted them too. So maybe they were only in it for some short-term pleasure and saying, okay, I'll follow Jesus because he can give me these things. He can give me gold. He can give me forgiveness. But eventually they stayed and followed Jesus for something more because they actually believed in the gospel and believed in the person Jesus and not just the golden things that he could provide. I feel like it's kind of like when someone is like trying to advertise themselves on like Tinder or something and they post a picture of their dog and you take the date because they have a cute dog but then maybe you stay for the person because then the person's actually like really great you know like you came for a superficial thing because dogs are cute and then you realize hey this person is actually kind of cool too. And so then, you know, it's a win-win situation. (laughs) Yeah, like sometimes you get attracted by the shiny thing, the kingdom of God or the dog, but then you end up finding something more meaningful, as in the person that you'd want to date eventually or just commit your life to Jesus. Which reminds me of my catfishing. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't the dog, I guess, or like that earthly treasure that the disciples were following Jesus for initially is kind of like the catfishing. Like they're taking him at face value. You're taking the date for the dog because you want to meet the dog and then you eventually stay for the person, which I feel like this sense catfishing is so much more positive than how we usually think of it. Yeah, I agree. And like, I almost feel like we could be catfishes. But well, you know, I don't really like cats. So I'd rather be Yikes. a dogfish. <laughs> yes. So something that also piqued my interest about this whole gospel story is that there's also something that I personally struggle with about trusting God is that I can't always find the boundary between trying to do everything by myself because I can't trust myself and I am the only person I am in control of versus saying that I can trust God and God will do everything for me so I can just sit back and relax like my life is in God's hands and then like in a way like becoming lazy there's just two like polar opposites and this is a mentality that I know that a lot of my non-christian friends have is that they don't believe in a god that is there for them and so every choice that they make is for themselves what's interesting to me is that back then faith and like the kingdom of heaven was something that was very shiny and very attractive to people but nowadays i'm not really sure like is christianity shiny these days is it attractive is it cool Well, I initially thought of this question as literally shiny, like the gold monstrance and the 
altar, just like the building of the church itself is pretty shining. Like you go inside and all of the, the, the chalices that you drink from are shiny. And I always thought of that as okay because the church isn't trying to be, I don't really know the word ostentatious, which pretty much means just like doing too much. But I've always thought of it as okay because it's not ornamentation and golden things just for the sake of having all these golden things. But the shininess inside and all of the like beautiful art that you see is supposed to be a reflection of God instead of just like showing off all your expensive things. So all of these golden things are supposed to strengthen your connection to God because by seeing it in a physical sense, then it kind of like evokes that divine aspect of the material. But in terms of shiny as being attractive, sometimes I think that maybe Christianity becomes diluted in order to seem shiny, which kind of seems like two very opposite things because when you're diluted, then like you're not that strong but like shiny is super strong. But what I mean by that is that sometimes people don't want to talk about the real issues, like the controversial ones. For example, like when we asked you all to complete the hip C survey in the beginning of like what lessons you'd want to learn, one or two of you said you want a faith Q&A, like talking about how to be a Catholic in today's world, which like, you know, there's no issue with that. But we just thought it was interesting how in comparison to the question asking whether you'd want to learn practical life lessons like changing a tire or how to cook simple meals, almost all of you who completed the survey said yes. So it's interesting that instead of taking those issues head on and discussing them, then we, as like whether we're students, teachers, just talking about it with friends or anything, just being Catholics in the world, it feels like we have to dilute them or fold them into other topics so that they're not so intense. But yeah, going back to the whole diluting and shiny thing, in a way, we have to dilute stuff so that it becomes commercial shiny, in quotes. Commercial shiny because it's shiny in the way that you'd want to sell it. But is it well made? Is it practical? Will it withhold the test of time? Not really. It's like that costume jewelry you probably bought as a kid. It's probably in the trash somewhere. But we don't want that commercial shiny costume jewelry. We want the real shiny, like that 24 karat gold, as (laughs) Bruno Mars says. We want the real truth. So instead of diluting God's truth with a capital T, then we want to keep it as, you know, that pure heaven coming down and shining the light on us and it's a shiny that's supposed to be blinding it's not supposed to be i guess able to be palatable it's not supposed to be palatable even though you know palate is with your taste and blinding with is with your sight but you know what i mean it has to be palatable in order for us to consume it and not something we'd turn away from. All of this kind of reminds me of something that one of my friends told me about, is that when he was younger, he used to be part of some sort of youth group thing too, at like his church or temple or something. But he felt like it was really culty to him because 
He said, at first, they play games with you to entice you, and then afterwards, they drag you into a room and make you read the Bible. And so, <laughs> quite a perspective on probably Tiongi. <laughs> he doesn't remember what it was anymore. But... We, pl- we play dodgeball. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's definitely kind of hard to imagine that like something that we have come to love so much is actually something that turns people off and away from Christianity. I, I definitely can see where your friend might be coming from. And like I was saying how don't shy away from that blinding capital T truth. But thinking about it in a daily sense, maybe on some level, you do have to start with the catfish. Like, you can't just hit people with that intense stuff right off the bat. It reminds me of, like, when we used to go to Youth Day. And I don't even know what these people were promoting. Like, if they were with the religion or, like, not with the religion. But there were just, like, people outside with giant signs. And I don't remember what they were saying, but I just remember being turned off. And it was just a little aggressive, you know? And instead of putting so much pressure on whether we can convert them and be that person to show them the way of Jesus, maybe we should also look at how willing the other person is to something like faith. And a way to combat being too aggressive or culty, then something we can do as hipsies, as HTs, as everyday people being Catholics is to just live like Jesus. Just by living our normal lives as good people, then people can see it and they'll notice it. So we don't have to be all intense and waving signs around. Of course it is, you know, to each his or her own So maybe you can't control other people and how they'll respond and how willing they are, but you can definitely control how you present yourself and how you open yourself up to other people. Yeah, definitely opening up and just not exactly really putting in the effort to really push the religion onto somebody, especially with those protests and like people yelling in your face while you're trying to walk to school, for example, or just going to an event. And all of a sudden, religion is shoved at you. It's not something that is palatable. So then, in a way, they're not exactly enticing to you. But by you being yourself and just being present in yourself, living the way Jesus does, you're kind of just being yourself. Then people can see that and they realize this person is living out what they say they are and how they're living through their religion and how they're practicing Christianity and Catholicism in a way that doesn't push it onto people. In that way, I feel like it kind of reminds me of a more passive animal than a cat. It's almost like <laughs> you're kind of like a dog because a dog is a dog, you know? Like the dog will act silly. <laughs> it will run around in circles for hours and it does not care what you think about it at all. It just wants to be friends. It just loves being friendly and cozies up and sleeps next to you. Meanwhile, a cat might be more sassy and just might not want to talk to you unless you really are nice to it. But a dog just is a dog. (laughs) You can't go wrong. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like going off what Jeep Man was saying of like all those like actively converting people and those people really speaking aloud. Like I said, However you want to proclaim the gospel of Jesus, you can do that. 
But the way that we're talking about speaking out and, you know, being fishers of men, this way that we're suggesting does require a little bit of catfishing or dilution. But the good thing about just living your life like Jesus and living this truth is that it can be however saturated or I guess diluted you want. And whoever it attracts or inspires is a win. So essentially, just be the dog. Be the friendly, you know, kind, good dog that you can be. But you don't need to bark like one. Like, you don't have to go around waving around a sign or coming at people and changing their entire beliefs. You can just be the dog. Be the dog. Dog backwards is God. It all makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) yes all right so to close all of this up and wrap everything up for this week's in hot you guys can type in the chat i'm a dogfish and just to let us know (laughs) that you guys listened in on this and then one lasting question for you guys before we all head off (laughs) to think about just throughout the week and to discuss a little bit together is what is something that we can do as people to uh, follow Christ and to imitate Christ whether it's super overt or super subtle doesn't matter just what do you think that you can do to make people want to follow you who is following Christ all right how can you live like a dog <laughs> <laughs> give yourself a pat while you're at it <laughs> all right all right we'll see you all at sin hot this week Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. It's not good news. It's the best news ever.